With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Oh, it's fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. Unchained with Patrick Roycey. How are you, sir? I want you to start with your view of the fiasco we saw this morning when uh, the uh, Timberwolves introduced Gerson Rosas as their new president of basketball operations. And the fact, I guess, that the media has lost all control of press conferences and news conferences, so don't call them that anymore. Don't even invite us, right? Don't even invite us. What was... did I'm... Uh, you know, Ricey Unchained. I don't think I need to start. I think you're going. Unhinged. I want to see what you. I want to see if you share my view of the fiasco we saw this morning. Well, it's quite clear that we've crossed. Uh, we've crossed a threshold now into the televised portion, which is the portion at which they control everything and don't yes. allow questions. And then, and so now they allow what used to be the old side sessions where you would get further intel is now the time for the mainstream media to ask questions. I just didn't know that this was coming. No, I did not. And so so it's just, I, I don't like it one bit. I think it's BS. Well, so the controlling of the message has now gotten to the point. Someone invented this somewhere in America. Do not let untrained, uh, unemployed, you know, people employed by other outlets... Ask questions right. while you're on TV, because they might ask a question we don't want Gerson to answer. So the the idea that yeah, John Krasinski's not a guy you want no, asking questions, because no, he's going to ask a real question. Or any of them will yep. have done their homework, sure, and will ask questions. And so we got to change our nomenclature in the newspaper business and the, on the media, and not introduce not. First of all, we should not take these on the air. We should say, the hell with it. We're not going to participate in this nonsense. And we should not, if you're a reporter, you shouldn't even attend. That portion? Because uh, I yeah, want the second portion. portion where I can go ask real yeah, questions. right, yes. But uh, this Ethan Kaysen, Kaysen is Casson, yeah. whatever the hell his name is. Uh, he comes out of this new 
mentality of sports marketing. And, I mean, we officially have found out why Tibbs was fired in the middle of the season. Because yes. he was not collaborative. Correct. They tell him they want him to meet some ticket holders, and yep. he'd say, no, I'm not going to. i got to coach my basketball team or watch film. He was bad for business. He was, huh? He was bad for the business of, yeah, of, yes. the, in, of in, the team, of, the business. presenting that message. Yes. Pres- we don't even know if he was bad for business, because the year before, when they made the playoffs, they had 17 sellouts, but which was their most since their second year. But he was bad for Ethan's view of what business was and schmoozing up corporate clients and and uh you know here's i was trying to talk to i was talking to jonathan and matthew and Derek uh, a few minutes ago who are we appealing to by saying we're going to be collaborative and uh it's about family it's about culture it's about let me see what else collaboration inclusiveness who are we appealing to? Because you're not appealing to the 25-year-old, the 30-year-old craft beer crowd, because they aren't paying any attention, right? Right. They don't. They didn't watch. Well, this you think today. you might think you are, but you might think you are, but you're not. You're appealing to you're one not. person. You're appealing to Glenn. Yeah. To Glenn well, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Nah, let me go back. Yeah. Uh, and you're not appealing to 40-year-old pluses who grew up in Minnesota, who say, what the hell's this nonsense? So I guess you're just appealing to the Radisson Hotel that once had the Vikings standing in front of a Radisson Hotel banner defending Adrian Peterson, saying we're not going to suspend him for beating his child, right? Yeah. Uh, so I guess it, it's got to be the message you're trying to deliver to the corporate we're never going to say anything yes. negative. If you sponsor our team, yes. you're never going to hear a negative word from one of us about our team. So, therefore, when we have a, a an assembly uh, to introduce our new president of basketball operations, we're not going to allow a potentially, not even embarrassing question, a, an attempt and a... a question to be asked that varies from the message we're presenting here and the three planted questions uh or the third one was about being the first let latino uh general you know basketball boss yes that was a planet these were all planted and poor alan horton had to stand up there and act like these were from season ticket holder sent in from season yes. ticket holder yes he did and uh what what did you find here about you know the partner? One of the questions was about being partners, and and Rosas's answers were established uh, yesterday uh, this morning. Oh, they practiced. They yeah. were they were they practiced yes. the answers that we're going to present. Yep, and they practiced having his two kids run up on the two little kids run up on the stage, yep. and to to make it you know ridiculous. Do you know how you knew that? How you knew that because the little boy was humming or singing and nobody stopped him. Yes, any self-respecting adult would have said, "Would have yes. said, you know what? I yeah. love you. Yeah, but you can't be singing on stage." By the way, the kid's name Grayson. Oh no! And I would have asked him one question if I'd been there and had an opportunity to ask one question. 
Is this kid named in honor of Grayson Allen? Because he's only about three, right? Maybe four? The yeah, kid? I don't know. Yes. If he's named in honor of That's Grayson it? Allen, it's all over between me and Gars- uh, Gerson, and I haven't even met him yet. Yeah. But it was uh, it was a complete fiasco. And I don't blame Glenn Taylor for this. He has been taken. That's not the message. He has been taken over by Ethan. Right, Cassidy. but Ethan's trying to give Glenn what he thinks Glenn wants, yeah, which no, is this, this, this well, is not Glenn, Tibbs. This is not. Oh, the this whole, was this the whole was message today. See, was, this is, this is okay, not so tips. this is what frustrates me. If you want to articulate that once or twice, yes, I get it. But the whole message. But was. the whole. But the whole press conference was a was a charade. And by the time the kids came up on stage, let's talk about basketball a little bit. And then I agree with you. Poor Alan Horton. Yeah. Being ask told the, ask, what ask, to ask, ask them. the three planted questions. Yes. Well, well, and he asked more than that because he he asked all of the well, questions. Well, the early before ones, them. but then we had the three from well, the the season ticket holders. I just, you know what I hate? I hate how stupid these people think we are. Yeah. Well, and not only the media, the public. No, I know. That's you what I'm think saying. The public are idiots. Yes. Yes. You think they're going to buy all of this? Yes. And uh, and you know what? But but Glenn is a million a billionaire from Comfrey. Mm-hmm. This he understands. All this crap that they were talking about, he don't know what the hell they're talking about either. Well, he knows he didn't like Tibbs. And well, they're, he knows he and they're like telling him, him. And they're telling, they're telling him our only problem was Thibodeau. Yes. And, it wasn't anything well, else. But this also goes to a conversation that I had with somebody years ago about Childress. Winning football games or basketball games or hockey games or baseball games only yes. takes you so far. If you screw with the business of the team and they deem you to be costing them fans because of that, you're done. Childress had the same problem. But here's the deal. Thibodeau was hired three years ago and given this message. Get us back to the playoffs. Yeah. We haven't been there. Uh, he got hired in 15? Right, 15, right? 16. Two th- April 16, right? Well, he lasted two and a half years. So uh, 15, 16, 15, 16, 17, 17, 18. You're, you're right, I guess 16. Uh but he was, you know, we haven't been to the playoffs in 12 years. Get us to the playoffs. That's why he was hired. He said, Mr. Basketball, we want a guy who doesn't think about anything else but basketball. And then they bring in this guy, Ethan, what is it? Casson. Casson. Yeah, he's the president. And now it's, we're collaborative. Yes. You know, they could have walked right across the plaza and had Falvey tell him the same thing. But Falvey doesn't do it in as arrogant of a manner. I thought the delivery by the Timberwolves was more arrogant than Falvey and has ever been. But did you get that from Rosas? I got that from Ethan Casson for sure. I have no idea what to make of this guy. No, I don't either. And, and I don't and think I, he does I, at this I point. feel bad for him because he was not allowed to show Correct. the public who he is. Right. We don't have any idea. He was completely trained and, you know, prepared for this is the message we want to present, and we have no idea who this guy is. And they did themselves a disservice by not letting the public find out what kind of guy this is. We don't know anything about it. We don't know anything about it. I think it- we knew what Thibs was, a hard-nosed, yeah. foul-mouthed basketball guy. Yeah, can you imagine if two little kids ran up to Tibbs? During- yeah. Get off my lap. Yeah. Well, what are you doing? See, Tibbs is, you know, has a, what, a, a niece and a niece and a kid. The yeah. niece has a kid. That's his family. Yes. 
And but now, hey, this is a family man. Okay, I don't give a damn. No, I, I don't. don't care if he doesn't What's win he, basketball games. Nobody he will. Gonna, he never gave us his message on this basketball team. He refused to answer the key question: Is he going to keep Ryan Sanders? Now I saw Sid Saunders. I saw that Sid wrote that he's he's a cinch to stay. So Sid's obviously getting that from Taylor. So I guess he's been told. So my hopes for this guy to be this independent party coming in, making all the decisions, has already blown up. Yes. Because he didn't make the decisions on how to present himself at the at the assembly today that yep. was televised. Was he didn't make that this de- he didn't make that decision. Yep. And he's obviously not going to make the decision on the coach because there's no way in God's green earth that you're hiring a 16-year NBA guy who's got a chance to hire Dave Jorger or somebody else that's going to come in and hire Ryan Saunders because he wants to. Yeah, that whole press conference gave you no idea of what the plan is. No, and, and, and it no was intended idea not to. Who he is? No and, idea of who he and is. And it was, and it was never intended to. No, as you said, no. they practiced it. Oh, he practiced. Everything His was answers were all practiced. Yes. And so if you if you were a fan who tuned in who wanted to know who hey do I think this guy can win basketball you have no idea no as I say the Timberwolves even when they do the right thing it's the wrong thing well although- and today is they they thought they were doing the right thing by presenting this message and they made fools of themselves again <laughs> again Although, As I said on Twitter, I haven't been ex- this excited since 10 years ago when they hired Khan, who would give us a fresh look and a fresh lingo. And by the way, the lingo we made fun of from Khan oh, 10 years ago is no worse than what we heard today. Oh, it might be the norm now. <laughs> the Khan press conference now, we'd probably... Bifurcate. Would... I used to make fun of him for oh, saying no. bifurcate. no. There's a bifurcate in this cast. But you know what this explains? Him. This explains thoroughly if if there was any confusion about why they let Casson and Layden go into Tibbs' office on January seventh and whack them. Yes, this explains the whole thing. Oh though. sure, yeah. Because Casson's convinced Glennie can sell more tickets. You know, everybody told me, well, they're going to sell no tickets. No, but I'm saying, but but they that's thought, not what Ethan's yes, message is yes. going to be. They were getting negative feedback from yeah. corporate customers, and uh, I'm not renewing if Tibbs is. Well, you know, to me, they still lost more customers because they raised prices than because of Tibbs. Because they they finally make the playoffs and they gouged them eighty, you know, sixty percent of their audience. They had some cheap tickets up in the booties if you wanted to sit in them. Right. So, uh, but is anyway. this now the norm? Like, is this going to become? Is this a Timberwolves uh, thing? Or is this I now think, the norm? I think this is going to happen. I I don't see the twins changing like that as long as St. Peter's St. Peter's in charge. St. Peter, unlike everybody else in town, has some appreciation for the media having to do their job. These guys have no appreciation for the media trying to do their job. Uh, the hockey team is. They're still okay as long as they got Boudreaux. And Fenton's an old-time guy. Fenton wouldn't Fenton wouldn't go up there and put up with this charade. No, right? he wouldn't have gotten along with it. But uh, the Vikings, you know, well, they're pretty <laughs> unique. I guess, I, could see the I guess everything being said, this was the uh, worst display ever, and a this is how 
an NBA team is this our local NBA team is now going to try to present itself as being collaborative and inclusive. Let me I wrote all the words. Okay, down. this is important. I wrote all the buzzwords down here, but if I could only read my writing. Uh, uh, collaborative, we, we, we family, culture, uh, did they meet with PJ before they did this? Uh, collaboration, PJ inclusiveness, and uh, developmental, our development team. And they were talking about developing into the one of the world's great basketball organizations. When they talked about the development team, it wasn't talking about basketball. It was talking about the whole picture here yep. uh and uh in integrated they're going to be integrated and uh oh hell i can't read this word but anyway so, oh on a 360 degree vision they have a 360 whoa, that, is that new? degree vision is that a new buzzword uh or yeah, term 300 degrees 360 degree vision for the organization what <laughs> okay i'll bite what the hell does that mean i don't know I don't have any idea. But after watching today, I kind of hope they go 8 and 74. <laughs> what a well, bunch of idiots. I don't know. This guy might be good. I have no I idea. I might be fine. I have they no never idea. let us know. Now, I wish I'd uh, been able to be over there to see if he answered any questions out of the camera view. But here's the problem. The the best chance to present him has already been passed. You're, he's not going to be presented... In a different light, by the you know by the printed word, right. or even the audio word. So I don't know. It's uh, it was an it was an embarrassment. It doesn't say a lot for, for the type of faith that you have in the guy that you just hired, either. When it's no. pretty clear. No, it's that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is uh, you it's know all, all these things of all these things about obviously Gerson decided when he walked away from the Mavericks that he was. I think he had a higher standard then when he was 34 years old as to what he needed than now. Now he's saying, man, I'm 40, 41. Right. I've been at it 16 years. I better take what I can get, right. even if these idiots do want me to put all these words in my mouth. And uh, But the Mavericks question is one I wanted asked. Yeah, yes. Uh, like and I'm, nobody, that's one I'm reason curious. you didn't have interviews there is... Uh, how is this different than the three months you spend with the Mavericks? They didn't want that question yeah. answered. Yeah. Right. And go through those three months. How the hell do you take a yes. job and spend and three months? And you were at Houston when they hired Mike D'Antoni, who'd been a little coach in the league for 20 years, and uh, you went for experience, and now you got a kid who should be coaching at Dakota Tech. Uh, what uh, are, are you willing to do that? They didn't want those questions. Correct. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this is the first ever version of Ricey Unhinged. <laughs> you know what? I like it when there's something shortly before we record uh, that happens that God. actually brings you uh, great dismay. What do we, and of course, the people out there are saying, what do we care how they handle the media? Well, that's fine if you want that viewpoint. But if you want to sit there, if you wanted to know something about this guy, you know nothing. You know nothing, and that's not the media's fault, and that's something the media should be allowed to complain about is the fact that they present this guy. Yeah. They they have everybody, they put block out a half hour on FSN, 
and you know nothing about Gerson Rosas. Well, and how are you as a fan with this franchise, which has failed over and over and over again, supposed to come to any conclusions at all about what you think? Mm-hmm. You know, so. it's it's different if this franchise has been great for the last 10 years and they're just making a change and you have faith, but there's nothing to have faith in here. No. no. And, and, you know, we were all excited, or at least I was when Tibbs got the job thinking this is going to change things. And it didn't. Did for a year. Yeah, but, but the, he... my skepticism runs high, and then when I'm not allowed to see anything from this guy, it doesn't exactly uh, uh, stop that. Well, we got Daryl, what is his name, Maury's Maury. uh, word on him, how great he is. And I, he's probably good, you know, but how do we know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I am. I think less of him because he allowed himself to be manipulated like that today. I think less of him because he allowed himself to be presented in this absolutely phony manner that was orchestrated by the the non-basketball executive standing next to him who thinks he's a genius, sitting next to him, Ethan. Fair enough. Hey everyone, it's Matthew Collar. You can find my new show, Score North Live, every day from 2 to 4 p.m. on the all-new Score North on 1500 and on demand at scorenorth.com. In addition to Vikings Talk, we break down the most important and pressing subjects like the responses to Kirk Cousins' tweets. I would like that. And which Fast and the Furious movie is the best. Those types of things. Yeah. It's Score North Live with me, Matthew Collar, available on scorenorth.com and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Um, Kentucky Derby. Yeah, it's... uh, What do you think? uh, I just heard uh, Chris Reaver's wife, Jess, Mm -hmm. comes from a horse family. Mm -hmm. And he's watching the Derby with her on Saturday. And you and I are watching it, and we don't see anything. Really? When we're watching it. Right. Reaver said, she said to him, that's a, uh, that's a uh, you know, interference. Inter- that's interference. He's going to get taken down. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, and the near disaster that when you see the slow-mo of the, basically the horse being pushed over so that he's taking strides between the legs of another horse, I, I feel less upset about it now than I did yesterday, but it's bad. But the public is not going to... The public, which is already terribly down on horse racing, is not going to accept this. And, you know, people say, well, look, it paid, you know, the exacta paid 3000 and the uh, the trifecta paid 21000 or 11000 and the superfecta, which is four, paid 51000 Yes, you know what that means? Nobody had the winning tickets. <laughs> yeah, this Meanwhile, is true. Meanwhile, <laughs> you got... So you got 105,000 people at the Kentucky Derby, or 150,000 who made bets. And you got 100 of them with a winning ticket. Yeah. And you have 60 or 70,000 of them with a losing ticket because you took this horse down. So uh, that's uh, so it's obviously not good for racing, but I do think there's a paranoia level because of I I didn't realize that They've also, you know, all the pubs of Santa Anita having 23 horses die uh, or have to be put to death out on the track after getting injured. Yep. But the Derby, Lexington has uh, been about double the rate. I saw that. The last couple of years have been about double the rate for horses being put down. 
than uh, the than nationally. So now one thing is they're running younger, better horses than these these old claimers that are running at tracks that are eight years old and just making their normal trip around the track at about half the speed of these other ones. Uh, and, you know, with old jockeys who know they're not going to make money, so they stay out of trouble. It's not, uh, you know, it's not the great horses that they have at Santa Anita and at Churchill that are doing the running and running in a pack where they're really moving and all that. That's my theory anyway. But I think one reason they took it down is because the people would have, they would have had to read all these stories from the real horse people saying, you know, this is why all these horses are dying, dangerous riding. Because that could have been the end of horse racing. Oh, if that if came those, damn close. If those two horses had come down in the front yep. of that whole mob. And they did collide. And you so. end up with eight of them dead. Uh, you know, if you're out there putting them to death on the track and eight different carts, uh, that's, that That would have been the end of racing. So I, I don't feel that bad about it now, but it's bad for racing. Racing's really hurting. Canterbury had 20,000 people mm-hmm. for Saturday because guess what? The sun came out and it was 70 degrees. Yeah, and of course the Unreal. twins were gone. So, Because mm-hmm. if the twins aren't home, it's nice occasionally. Yes. yes. Why, so uh, we we, we got to hope that the twins never return. This yeah, and it'll just be nice. It's going to rain all the time. Why then, if if they're so concerned about collisions or the potential danger to the, the horses, why do we have such big fields then? Only the Derby. But 20. that field seems to me to be excess. Okay. Yes, it does. Twenty it seems should, excessive. They because everybody wants to get their horse in there, and they're willing to pay the, you know, the even you got you got. A, Couple of horses in there never run a race, won a race, but the guy can say, "Hey, I uh, my horse ran in the Derby," but I don't think they should have twenty. I think they should have, you know, keep them in one gate, and I think the yeah. gate holds fifteen or something, okay. and then the outer gate holds. I don't think they should have twenty. Just it's, seems to invite it, the disaster. Oh yeah, with especially that many uh, so close together. The Kentucky Derby has the same problem as the Twins. It's raining every year now. There's, I think, in three straight years. In the last two monsoons, you know, where the track was soup. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that obviously makes it more dangerous. But, uh, I, you know, I like horse racing, but uh, it's, you know, it's going the way of boxing. Twins, your thoughts on what they won? One of three. Pineda needs the a uh, gastric bypass. He's too damn fat. He's you think too we big. Him smaller, it'll work? Huh? I said, you think we get well, him? I think his... I think his uh, energy level yep. would be maintained. Okay. I think he gets, don't you think? He's, well, Cot was great on that yesterday. Everybody's talking about. His legs. Everybody's, yeah, the legs. Yeah, that's, as Cot says, that, that's what gets you to the seventh inning, the legs. And his legs are trying to carry around a 300-pound man, at least. Oh, I bet he's more than three billion, well, wouldn't six, you? He's, he's huge. the biggest. I, he walks by Sano, and Sano looks like a small child. If I was Zim, I want that guy. Oh, God, yes. That guy can play Left on your half. offensive line. Yeah, but he might not be around in the third quarter. He might have to yeah, just, take a breather. He's a little tired. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, his stuff's good, but if he stays, they're almost going to have to put him in the bullpen. Yeah? You know, and he'll be there. I think we're. Uh, I think we're on the cusp of the opener. I think we're on. Yeah, the which cusp. has not happened yet this season. No, but with the Twins, I think we're on the cusp of May starting for going two. Pineda, you think? Pineda being next, going through the order, 
one and a half times, and then you get to the Pineda game. the third time through. I saw the stats the last two starts. Oh, it's brutal. Been awful. Well, and it's five it's, something, and it's it's because he's worn out, you know. And I mean, he had a great breaking ball early. That slider was a slider slurve, whatever it is. But yeah, Cot's right. You can't, you know, the legs is. I can tell you, I can tell you. I tried to be a runner after I got out of treatment, and as you know, I did it for about two years and yeah. lost a lot of weight. But as somebody pointed out to me, when you're running and you're the fat between your legs is going like this, you're not a runner. You gotta have you gotta have the legs that aren't meeting each other as you run, right? Are you that's saying the fat's slapping the thighs are yes, slapping yes, together? Right there. When that's going like that, you're not a runner. And he's got a lot of stuff colliding yeah. when he's trying to run around there. Fair enough. He's in uh, terrible shape. And uh, a guy, you'd think a guy who spent a year and a half recovering from Tommy John would have had nothing better to do than get in shape, right? No, he had nothing better to do than probably enjoy himself. Know, but he's not. We haven't. They, they, I mean, we've, you know, we've paid tribute to him for Martin Perez and some of the things they've done. But uh, unless something changes drastically or they change how they use him, uh, he's not going to be the answer. Unless he be, can, can become Kyle Hendricks and... Go nine on 80 pitches. I don't think that's going to happen. Did you see that start on Friday by Hendricks? Oh, I loved it. I watched the last three innings. It was, um, it was, as I talked to uh, Kirkjian and Kelly, uh, I'm going to talk to them and uh, about, I wept with joy watching it. It was unbelievable. Because I kept looking, I was across the room and it said, seventh inning. 53. I said, that can't be this. That's got to be the fourth, yes. right? That can't be the, yes. the ninth. And then he's, you know, and he, he ends up with 80 pitches, goes nine innings. It was fantastic. But I don't know. I, I think we're, there's nobody to bring up in Rochester. My guy, Lewis Thorpe, who I was bragging about last week, uh, he uh, got uh, one out and gave up five or six runs or something. His ERA is over eight. So I guess I was wrong about that one. <laughs> But there's nobody down there. You know who's their best pitcher that they got in the minors when he started in double-A? Devin Smeltzer, who they got as a throw-in in one of their trades, a lefty. Yeah. I saw him this spring, and he. I said, hey, he's got better stuff than I thought. And then uh, he was tearing it up in double-A, and they moved him up to triple-A. And uh, he, he did well his first start in Rochester. But they don't have anybody down there. Gonsalves is hurt, and if he wasn't hurt, he's he ain't the answer. I they they definitely need a starter, which will cause everybody to say Keichel, Keichel. Well, I, I'm not buying that anymore. Well, hey, you gave him now; he's ready to pitch on July fourth. Yes. yes, you know, too late. I think it's too late to sign him. No, Kimbrel, I think you've got a shot with if you did it right now. Mm-hmm. I think Keichel is too late. Yeah, well, I don't think starter. they need. You know, I think their starting rotation is probably a bigger problem than the bullpen. Uh, Rogers is. They got they got about four guys Hill, in the pen. Hildy's going backwards a little bit now, though. Yeah, Hildy so. does go back. Hildy. I don't is, know. I trust Hildy for an entire no, season. No, Hildy's. Uh, Hildy's uh, erratic. Rogers is good. Parker's good. Rogers is better than good. He's one of yeah. the better lefties around. Yep. Bullpen lefties, but I think it's much easier to piece that together than to try to uh, you know 
find another starter because there's nobody in the system. Unless you go all the way to double bar, double A and get bruised our Gratterall who's throwing well. And you he think these guys would do that? Throws No. Me neither. No. I think they're more likely to make a trade they're for a starter. Try and make a trade for a starter. Yeah. Who can they trade? Who, uh, well, you know. I think if you are patient and you get Miguel back up here and he starts to hit, you explore that one. Yeah. But who do you? Oh, you try to you trade. Uh, you're, you're talking. So no, I would. You're try. talking blockbusters. Yeah, man. I would explore that one. Though, but I just don't trust him. I see Miguel's hit a couple home runs, but he's also striking out twice again. Yes, and I he don't. He can't come back up here and strike out like he was. He can't do that. Do you? Will you ever fully trust him? Because I won't. I think something's always going to happen. Something's always going to be wrong. I think mm-hmm. something. I think he's the type of guy that if you can get up here and hit some home runs, you at least look at it. Well, yeah, I I agree. I'd look at it too, but I'll. You know, how is there a third year pitcher that's uh, good? That's pretty, you know, I'd call Miami. They might take him. But the thing about him is, he's only got two years left. He'll be a free agent. Yeah, I know. You know, because he's oh, yeah, it's not frittered it, away well, all his. But that's the difference is it's not, I, I think Twins fans still think, oh, he's young and it's going to, and he's going to come up here. And if you trade him, it's going to be Ortiz all over again. I That, that clock's ticked on that one. Yeah, well, it's well, been as, ticking. You know, it's not. This, this, yeah. If you could move him, I'd move him. I guess. Uh, if he is, I'd like to look at him for ten days and see if he's making contact, though. But if he's sure. going to come up and hit three home runs a week and strike out fifteen times, the hell with it. No, oh, and I think he'll get hurt again too. That's the other thing is I don't ever trust him to stay healthy for a extended. No, see, of time. I don't. Uh, I'm not as worried about his uh, physical conditioning as much as I was before I saw Michael Pineda. <laughs> so <laughs> now he looks like a little kid. I, th- I don't know. I, I'd like to see him for a week. I think the him. thought of of thigh fat slapping is now yes. going to stay with me for the rest yes. of the day. Well, it has stayed with me my entire life. That's well, chafing too, by the way. That yes, hurts. Chafing, but it also makes it. You know, every strep- step you take trying to run. I I told you when my running career ended, right? I was running on. I was running past what's now that housing development on Golden Valley. That nice housing back in there, and there's a little. There used to be a hospital there on Golden Valley on uh, Golden Valley Road, and there's a little hill there, and I was running along there where I usually ran in the morning, nice summer day, and there were two. Gals, I should. They were women up in front of me, yeah. And I was kind of laughing at them because they were. They had a generous carriage, you know, in their running shorts. They had a ger- generous carriage. <laughs> Thanks, that. And after be. about three hundred yards, I realized I wasn't gaining any ground <laughs> on them, and said, "You know, the hell with this. It isn't doing me any good." You That's know, when you hung it up. Yeah, I went home and had a pizza and never stopped. <laughs> You know, that was the end of my racing running career. Had to be about 85, maybe. Maybe the middle of the summer of 84, 85. Whatever. You would never strike me as the type of guy who would have the patience to run. Yeah, but I contemplated life. I, I actually am a, you know, I can, I'm impatient with projects instead of like reading the instructions and stuff. Right. But I'm patient as far as getting in the car and driving with the radio off and for an hour and a half and thinking about life you know i don't do that a lot but i if i'm taking a long trip and once i lose the score north signal i'll just stop <laughs> listening to the radio this is not coming from my trip to gustavus but it's a done deal st thomas is out really yes i've seen some communications that were private communications that indicate that they're the reason is 
they are taking seriously the threats of Hamlin and St. Olaf and Carlton, and I don't know who else to leave the league if St. Thomas stays. So their excuse of the aid of the presidents at like Augsburg yeah. and places like this is we're doing this to maintain the league. Not it's not anti St. Thomas, but it's the only way we can save the league. So So when's this going to be Official and uh, they... later this month, I think, is they're having their meeting, and then St. Thomas might. I'm hearing St. Thomas might just say we're leaving the league preemptively. They're in for two more years. They're in for St. John's. The word in St. John's is there'll be two more Johnny Tommy's games. So get your tickets now. Really, 2019, 2020. Now, if St. Thomas, wow, if St. Yeah. Thomas would figure out a way to stay in D three, yep. They would then continue to figure out a way to play them, right? Yeah. But but I don't know how they stay in D3. There, it might be more than this, but, but uh, uh, anyway, that's it's going to happen. They got the vote. So what about the pressure on these presidents that's come from the public who think they're crazy? They don't care. Okay. They're like they're like the Timberwolves having a press conference. They're above it all. They don't care. But a they won't talk about it. So. You know, they they won't even have a press conference to not answer questions. Do they realize how much this, from a public standpoint, hurts the conference? Do they well, not yeah, care about that? Well, yeah, because nobody cares. No, you know, but I mean, no one's going to... This... Well, what's funny, though, is Gustavus, okay? Yeah. Gustavus, apparently, is willing to vote against them. Gustavus, tremendous athletic tradition. I'm down there. They just build a million-dollar baseball field. It's great. All turf. Yep. They're going to add a grandstand that's going to be another half mil. And right across the way is this tennis dome that's got like 25, you know, courts inside this tennis dome. They got a brand new football stadium that's fantastic about eight years ago. Looks down the valley. You know, it sits up there on a hill and you look in the fall, you look down in the valley and the leaves changing. It's gorgeous. And... They don't want St. Thomas in the league, right? You know, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I think if Gustavus and Bethel, and obviously the Johnnies, and uh, uh, you know others, somebody else, it would only take stood up and called the bluff. Mm-hmm. I don't think those teams would leave, but uh, they're they're not willing to do that. So anyway. It's uh, you know there's going to be a lot less interest in it. Cause, well, that's that's what I was. That's my point. Yeah. Time, any interest that the MIAC has in the Twin Cities is based on St. Thomas. Absolutely, whoever they're playing. Yes, yeah. and, I mean because there's no interest in Hamlin. There's uh, a St. little Thomas's bit of interest in Bethel. Football games are on CCO or have yes. been carried by CCO. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to happen. So wow. It's uh, it's a done deal, and uh, <laughs> once again. I fought the good fight and got blown out of the saddle <laughs> and became a big jackass instead of uh, instead of a you know I being whatever happened to when the media wielded power? Huh? I'm being mf'd all over the with all the antis, I guess. All August Davis, they love me, so I don't know. I was going to besides the presidents who would hate you. Yeah, it's only the presidents. Oh, who cares? Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Man, people that's, can be dumb that's sometimes. What that, that's what that's uh, happening there. So, anywho, I got a question for our Mr. Soccer here, yep. Jonathan. Uh, what's with yeah. all the ties? 
<laughs> I don't like three. We played four games, and three of them have been draws over at Allianz Field. Well, they're playing better defense, which is which they haven't yes, played the they past had two years, to. So. They 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 basically answered Bruce McGuire's call to play better defense, <laughs> yes. huh? which has made the games eminently more boring. I would say <laughs> they've played more defense by changing up their formation, and it's kind of taken away a little bit of the attacking power mm. that they had the past. That's the what I kind of thought. Yeah. Watch it. How about you? <laughs> How about you? I I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, well. The first home game was great against what NYCFC. Yep. What was that? Six total goals in that game. That was fantastic. Are you uh, rooting for uh, a Carolina, Boston Eastern Conference Finals so we can bill it as Nino versus Charlie? Yeah, why not? Do I'm rooting get, for Boston because I picked them to, to win the cup. Do they get to move up? Dra- they get a higher draft. It's choice. already set. They went from a by winning the first round series. Boston did. The Wild went from a fifth to a fourth. Okay, but it's, I think Nino? it's capped at a fourth. Nino, they just gave no. Away they just for got this they step? just got screwed on that one. How's he been playing? Nino? How's he been playing? Okay, good. I, I mean, he hasn't scored a ton of goals, but he's been okay. How did this happen? They're what? Which part? They're eight, Carolina. They're eight and one, right? In the postseason, they yeah, lost they've been once. great. Yeah, they've been they fantastic. had a sweep. Yep, and then they, they lost swept one. the Islanders. Yes, in the second round. Yes, they've been fantastic. I'm rooting for Charlie and Nino, even though I think Charlie was a stiff. Can you can you imagine if NBC gets Carolina, <laughs> pick the worst San West, Jose, San Jose, San Jose? They might put that on NBC SN eight. Anybody, you know, you think anybody in San Francisco and Oakland gives a damn about the Sharks being forty miles down? The I don't. Road? You know, I don't know because they do draw very they well. Do, but yeah. if but if you give that to a national television audience. Oh. Carolina well, and the yeah, Sharks. I mean, you, you've you've loved the playoffs. Yes, but here's the same thing, and I've said this before. It's like the NCAA basketball tournament. We love those first round upsets. Yes, but then if you get to the Sweet Sixteen and you got seven teams you don't care about, yeah, you're right about that. You know, it's uh, that's that's what's happened there. By the way, and I gotta say, Portland Denver's been one of the best NBA series I've I've seen bits and pieces of it. I didn't stay up to sit through four overtimes, but two good teams that really are trying and are yep. evenly matched. You don't get to see that in the NBA too often. And Denver Denver is basically what the Wolves would love to become, right? What Denver's done. Yes, they they're collaborative? collaborative. They're very are they collaborative. Like a family? Are they inclusive? Can't you tell by watching their games? I think they all seem I to get along. Denver, and what I think is. Boy, there's a family with a good culture. It's inclusive. It has collaboration. And uh, it's got a 360-degree vision. That's what I think when I watch Do you think they throw in the last one just because they think we're so confused by them? They say things (laughs) that make no sense on purpose. I don't know. The 360-degree vision is, I still want to know about this. But yes, I, Denver has all of I don't those know things how in Glenn's space. sense of humor about this is uh I'd like to ask him if any of those teachers at Comfrey High talked about having a 360 degree vision of life and and uh being uh, collaborative. Did he ever hear collaborative? Did he ever hear the word collaborative in Comfrey? That's what I want. There's a fighting chance that one might have come up, but the rest of them didn't. <laughs> collaborative might have come up, but the rest oh, of it no way. God. You know what? <laughs> I just made, like how you took notes on that. I've made a living at this since, uh, let's see, since being a, well, I wouldn't call being a copy boy a living. So 60, and I, I did not make job. a very good living for several years, but 50 years roughly. I hate sports. <laughs>
I love sports, but I hate this nonsense that's going on now. Just all, all of, well, yeah, I mean, all of the, the buzzwords, crap. the buzzwords and all it's, that. It's business taking over. It's the corporate atmosphere. What? You know, corporations became the sponsors. Yes. And we fought that, and now, now they run everything. What's yeah. worse to you, that part or, or how your favorite sport, baseball, has morphed into this, at times, unrecognizable game? Well. Like, if someone had come to you in 65 and said, you know, baseball. Shifts and Shift, yeah. analytics. Yeah, it's uh, it's an adjustment for a guy who was at the first ever Twins game uh, in 1961 at uh, Met Stadium. It's an adjustment, but nothing has ever offended me as much in sports, including Aaron Hernandez's double murder, than uh, what I saw today from the uh, Timberwolves. That's that's the lowest moment in the history. Of Minnesota sports, right there, what we saw today from the Timberwolves at their introduction of Gerson Rosas. We'll end with that. It's perfect. That's right. Positive Pack comes back next week. Okay, okay. how about that? All right.